Hello. Happy Halloween for everyone who celebrates. Tonight we go extra spooky and talk to Amanda Woomer about how she got her start hunting ghosts and touring the country's haunted hospitality sites. I'm Tim Mullen, and this is your Haunted Life. Joining us today is Amanda Woomer. Amanda, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? So, like you said, my name's Amanda Woomer, and I am the owner of the website Spook Eats. Um, so it's a travel blog where we travel the country, sometimes also internationally, and we visit haunted restaurants, bars, and hotels, and we try the food, and we share the ghost stories, and to be punny, we search for spirits of all kinds. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've recently branched out into writing several books on the topic of haunted history, as well as haunted locations and haunted hospitality. I host ghost hunts um, in the local Western New York area. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so I've started with this website and I've slowly branched out over time. So yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Is the story you have for us today one of a kind? Is it a common occurrence for you? For me, um, I kind of have like experiences and stuff that are a little bit more unique. Um, unfortunately, with Spook Eats, I go to these restaurants and these bars during business hours. So unfortunately, you can't really hold an actual investigation or anything um, while at these um, restaurants, bars, and hotels. So it's a lot of it is really just reviewing and sharing the history and then the reports from employees. So for me personally, I do have experiences and stories at um, several haunted locations outside of Spook Eats, um, such as Iron Island Museum at um, here in Buffalo, as well as the Ghost Light Theater in North Tonawanda. And especially the Ghost Light Theater, when I'm there, I do have experiences on a fairly somewhat regular basis. I'm not going to say it always happens and stuff. I don't think I'm or sensitive or psychic or anything. People ask that sometimes. And I always say like, I'm as sensitive as a rock. I don't think I pick up on anything. Um, but um, things do tend to happen. And I think the more you um, visit a certain location over time, you know, supposedly, you know, the spirits or the energy or whatever is there, I think become more comfortable with you and more familiar with you. So they're more likely to possibly make themselves known while also you're more in tune with what's happening. Um, and I think you might pick up things more. And in that sense, you might be more sensitive to things as opposed to being psychic. Gotcha. Thank you. What story would you like to share with us today? Tell us, so, tell us all the details. <laughs> so for me, um, my, my, Best. I have like a scary experience at Iron Island Museum, but I like to focus more on the the uplifting experience that I had over at the Ghost Light Theater um, in North Tonawanda. So I've been a member at the theater for about 15 years now. Um, so I've been there for a while. Um, if there's anything there paranormal or supernatural, it is familiar with me by now. So like I said, I, I've been a member for 15 years. I basically grew up there and my younger brother was also a member um, from 2005 up until 2015. Um, he played Oliver Twist in the musical Oliver. So he was very, very active in the theater. We always joke saying that he had the run of the place. Um, he kind of was in charge of like the gaggle of kids that were there and he was always there with us. And um, in 2015, he passed away after a pediatric cancer diagnosis. And 
it, it was that his death that actually really got me into the paranormal and really got me researching things and asking questions and investigating. Um, I took it a lot more seriously than I did prior to. I was always interested in it, but not passionate about it. And when I was on a paranormal investigation there back in, I think it was 2017, could be wrong on the date, but I think it was that year. Um, I was doing an EVP session down in the basement. And my rule of thumb generally is don't reach out to my brother just because two reasons, you know, you don't necessarily know exactly who or what you're talking to. Um, you know, a spirit could say that you're, you know, they're a long lost loved one, but in fact, they might not be. So that's, a, that's dangerous territory there. But then it's also a very slippery slope. If it is who you think you're talking to, you know, you could become obsessed with it. And, you know, you might always be living in the past as opposed to kind of living in the present and really focusing on living life as it is right now. So I don't usually do this, but it was the only time ever um, where it was put on my heart to really reach out to my brother. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm at this investigation. My mom was there. His best friend was there as well as his best friend's dad, who was basically like a second father to him. So I thought, you know, of all these people in the whole universe, like some of these are the top people that he loved more than anyone else. So if he's going to be anywhere right now, he's going to be here at theater. So I just, during my EVP session, I just said, you know, dude, let me know that you're okay. I just need to know that you're okay. And I ended up capturing an EVP. Obviously at the time I didn't know that that was captured <laughs> um, until later, but it was uh, crystal clear his voice from when he was about 11 years old, which is when he played Oliver. Um, so kind of like the height of his theater career, um, crystal clear, his voice says, I'm fine. And I was down in the basement with two other women. They were in a completely different part of the basement than myself. And I know their voices and it wasn't a prepubescent little boy's voice. Um, so, um, and so that was amazing in and of itself. That same night, another investigator there on her cell phone captured a photograph in the exact same location. And the photograph looks like my brother. Uh, it's actually almost a carbon copy of a family photo that we have from his first day of school when he was about 11 years old, the same time as around when his EVP voice was captured. And I mean, it is hands down the most incredible piece of evidence that I've ever seen. I wish I had taken the photo to like take claim for it. Um, but like you can see his long brown hair. You can see he's got a green t-shirt shirt on you can see his collar you can see his jawline you can even see his backpack um so the fact that this photograph was captured in the same location that i got this evp and like the ages line up which is really interesting to me that for me is just it, it was very helpful after my brother had passed away i was searching for answers i still am searching for answers but that was so impactful. And I basically joked saying like, I could give up investigating the paranormal now. Like this is, I got exactly what I wanted, <laughs> you know, like people look for evidence of the paranormal in the afterlife. And I feel like that was like, it hit the nail on the head. So that's been my greatest experience. I have had other encounters with what I believe is my brother at the ghost light. Um, but that is just, it's cool to be able to walk away with physical evidence that you can share with other people. I think it's so interesting. You don't normally, maybe you do. <laughs> I don't normally think of, you know, spirits as being younger than when they may have passed. 
I don't know if I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's weird. Like I was recently on another show. I was talking with the host and we just started, you know, spitballing ideas because no one really knows. And I, you know, we ended up kind of coming to the conclusion that, you know, it was before he got sick. You know, he was, he, he ended up getting sick when he was 18 years old and he passed away when he was 19 years old. Um, But, you know, when, Jed, my brother, was running around the theater. That I think was some of the happiest moments of his life was when he was kind of like a preteen. So probably like from like 10 to like 12 or 13, that's when he just had the run of the theater. He absolutely loved being there. So I think, you know, maybe he's returning to a happier time, or it could also be that that was when he was at the theater as off like the most often and the most frequent. So that's how people will remember him or recognize him. You know, I have um, heard from other people who have either seen him or sensed him or had even like dreams about him that they always see him as that shaggy haired 11 year old kid, even though like that's not what he looked like when he passed away. And it was years and years and years later that he got sick or anything. So I don't know why, um, especially like for me, like I don't like my memories aren't only of him when he was 11. So it's interesting, like that voice came through was when he was younger. And then the photo that came through was also him younger. Um, I have seen him at the theater several other times where he's been older, at least in my eyes. But for whatever reason, that night, that's how he came through. And it's interesting that he came through around the same age on both pieces of evidence. Right. That's really interesting. Is there any kind of cultural or religious context um, that you had when this experience happened that that it kind of fit into? Um, I always, I don't want to use the word joke because it's very like dark and depressing. But like for me personally, after my brother passed away, I definitely, any faith that I had was absolutely obliterated. Um, you know, I was raised Christian, you know, I went to church and stuff and, you know, especially when my brother was sick, I was very, very devout, you know, praying and kind of like offering bribes and stuff to make sure that he he was okay. And when it turned out that he ended up passing and, and didn't make it through, everything that I believed in and stood on, you know, was gone. So for me, it wasn't that like, oh, when you die, you, if you're a good person, you go to heaven. And if you're bad, you go to hell. You know, that's what you're taught in Sunday school. But I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that. And I still do to this day. So for me, that was really kind of my, the destruction of my faith as it was, um, which to be honest, wasn't super strong. You know, I, I, you know, I went to school for anthropology and, you know, I was all about learning about other religions and other cultures throughout the world. So I always like had like, I like a patchwork idea of things. And after Jed passed away, it definitely kind of, I turned more towards the paranormal because that is that physical evidence that you can capture. You can get EVPs, you can get voices. You could potentially get photos or videos. I'm not lucky enough to ever get photos or videos. I've never caught anything interesting. Um, So I'm always jealous of the people that do get those things. But for me, and you know, it was, and I still am that searching for answers and searching for some sort of logical explanation for what comes after we die. You know, I don't necessarily believe in the Sunday school version of 
the afterlife. So at that time, especially that was only two years out from him passing away. I was knee deep in that, you know, kind of searching for answers, looking to other religions and other ways of thinking, as well as the paranormal to kind of come up with my own answers for, you know, what comes next. And I'm still searching. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I started Spook Eats was to kind of highlight haunted locations that are open to the general public. So your average everyday person can go to these haunted locations and also come to their own conclusions about the afterlife because everyone loses someone at some point in their lives. And some people are not blessed with very strong faith. They do have to kind of search for those answers and kind of question everything. So that's kind of what Spook Eats does is it offers kind of like a roadmap for people to find their own answers and kind of go on their own adventure of sorts to experience hopefully the afterlife and the paranormal and things like that. That's really interesting. It's almost the opposite of religion. You're, you approach the paranormal as empiricism. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting because like some, you, you know, when people approach the paranormal, a lot of times it's either the very spiritual route the very spiritual aspect of things you know you have the psychic mediums and the people who sense things and feel things and like I said before like I'm not sensitive in any way shape or form so that's not me you know I do kind of approach it more as the scientific aspect of things because if I can go into a place and walk out with an EVP of a voice or a photograph and like to me that's quantitative evidence that there's something weird here there's something unexplainable and for me, it's the only comfort that I get. You know, some people, again, they find comfort in going to church or volunteering or different things. And for me, it's kind of like the wacky route where it's like, well, I'm going to go into an abandoned building and ask questions to thin air and hope I get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. Is there any meaning that you've made from this experience kind of in the meantime? Um, are there ways that the meaning you've made has changed over time? Um. You know, I definitely took it as a direct answer to my question, you know, to let me know that he was okay. You know, I was definitely struggling up until that point. And, you know, there are days now I'm, you know, I'm five years out now since his death. And there are days that I struggle still. But up until then, I didn't have this experience. So I didn't have kind of that assurance that I so desperately needed. So to have it almost instantaneous where I ask this question and on this EVP recorder, I get the answer. And then an hour later, someone comes to me with this photograph. You know, I take it as an intelligent and direct answer that is exactly what I needed at that time. You know, and I haven't asked for it since because I haven't needed it since. So I do always like kind of like keep it close to my heart and I tuck it away as that reassurance that I needed at the time. I got it. And now I have that picture on my phone and I show it to people side by side with the family photo that we have. And it helps people who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Um, I think a lot of people who do lose someone, they do question things and wonder, you know, are they okay? Will they ever see them again? So when I can pull this photo out and combine it with this EVP, I think it, it turned from an answer to my question to now an answer to other people's questions. And that's a, a huge thing for me. Again, if I can help people kind of find answers to their burning questions about life and death and what comes next, then Spook Eats is doing its job. And in a way, I feel like even though 
my brother Jed has been gone for five years, he's still helping um, from just that one encounter, you know, three years ago. Very cool. Are there any upcoming projects? Is there anything you're working on? Is there anything you'd like to uh, direct people to if they're learning to, you know, certainly your website will get in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to direct people yeah. to to find your work? Um, so uh, my website is spookeats.com. That's where I do a lot of the reviews of the restaurants, bars, and hotels. Obviously, right now with the pandemic happening, I'm kind of hunkered down and that's not happening right now. So that's been a real damper on Spookeats. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, just at Spookeats, nice and easy. And then I have a bunch of books that are out right now. My first book is A Haunted Atlas of Western New York. Um, that came out last year and that is kind of goes along with what I'm talking about with kind of creating your own paranormal adventure and going out and finding answers for yourself. So it's basically, it is an atlas. It's a survey of over 130 haunted locations in the Western New York area. And it includes, um, you know, the haunted restaurants, bars, and hotels, like what Spooky Eats always does. It's also got cemeteries and haunted roads and haunted um, hospitals and schools. Um, my goal was to try to compile a complete list of every haunted location in the area. Um, I've also included some cryptids in there just to keep things really interesting. Um, what, so, what are the um, Western New York cryptids? Oh, uh, there, there's some really weird ones. Bigfoot is a big one down in okay. Chautauqua. I didn't um, know. Yes, but then my two favorites, um, there's one called the Sherman Beast, which um, is down near Chautauqua, okay. and um, it's described as being like uh, super tall, it's white, it's got these long claws, and people describe it as like an albino sloth, like a giant ground sloth. Bizarre. I don't know, but I was like, okay, I'll put it in. Right. And then, and then um, another one up north is the Ford Street Beast. And it, they describe it as, again, this tall, hairy thing. It's got the head of like a, a dog and it comes out at night. And I'm like, this is a werewolf, guys. What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? So, so I put it in there. I was like, people are reporting to see this thing at night. Okay. So the cryptids were interesting. Like I, I didn't expect cryptids in Western New York, but I grew hey. up in Buffalo know. and never heard of them. That, that's really cool. Yeah. I only learned about them while I was researching. So I guess like if you're not really actively searching for them, I knew about Bigfoot because there's the Chautauqua Lake Bigfoot Expo every year. Um, but other than that, I was like, okay, we're going to put these in. Um, let people come to their own conclusions. Right. Um, so that's in the Haunted Atlas of Western New York. That also includes um, driving tours and walking tours. There's coordinates so you can actually find these locations, um, as well as a spooky bucket list at the back of the book. So you can kind of like keep track of your progress. That sounds um, really fun. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was a year-long um, year project. So it was a lot of fun to work on. Um, it's pretty big. It's bigger than what I wanted it to be, but... It is what it is. Um, <laughs> then, then I also recently um, published during the pandemic to pass the time, the first book in uh, my new series coming out called the Spirit Guide series. And it's a focus on America's haunted breweries, distilleries, and wineries. So that was a lot of fun. There's about 30 locations in that book all across the country. And again, it's just highlighting the haunted breweries, distilleries, and wineries around the country. Some of them are pretty well known. Um, we have Moon River Brewing Company down in Savannah, Belvoir Winery that's been featured on different TV shows over the years. Um, but then we have some lesser known ones that are just as interesting, if not even more so interesting. 
And it includes the history of the locations, the ghost stories of the locations, and then of course, the liquid refreshments that are being brewed and distilled um, over the years. So that was a lot of fun. I, that just came out um, back in July. And then I also recently released the ghosts of the ghost light theater um, to kind of coincide with the story that I shared. This is a fundraising book. So hundred percent of the proceeds are going to the theater. Obviously they've been struck down really hard by COVID. They haven't been able to put on any productions and they are, they're hurting just like a lot of other theaters throughout the country. And so um, I worked with the owner as well as over 40 cast and crew members to compile over a hundred stories, a hundred ghost stories that people have experienced inside the theater. So that was recently released. Um, and again, all the proceeds are going right to the theater to kind of help them through this. And then I have two children's books. One came out um, back in June. That's the cryptid ABC book. So it goes through the ABCs and kind of highlights the cryptids. Some of them are the really well-known ones like Mothman and uh, the Flatwoods monster, and then some lesser known ones as well. And then in on November 1st, I'm releasing Krampus's Great Big Book of Yuletide Monsters. Um, so that's another creepy book for creepy kids um, is what I describe it as. Listeners um, won't know the face I just made, but I yeah. cannot wait to purchase that book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it'll be fun. It, it, I've been working on it since last year and I've just been like sitting and waiting for like the holidays to come up for it. Um, so basically that's, it's narrated by Krampus. I didn't write it. Krampus wrote it. I just, I just wrote it down for him and he goes through and introduces 13 of the Christmas monsters found all around the world. So I like to compare it kind of like to Coraline where like it's for kids, but it's also a little creepy. So it's always creepy books for creepy kids. So parents won't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I think that's really it. You know, I'm always looking for um, recommendations for places to travel to. You know, I have other books coming um, up in the pike and stuff, but um, I'm always looking for places to go to adding to my spooky bucket list. So I always tell people if they have a haunted location that they know about or that they own, which is even better, they can email me at spookyeats at gmail.com. I'm always looking to add to that list. Um, and again, once I'm able to start traveling again, I'm going to hit the ground running because I'm going a little stir crazy. There's only so many books you can write sitting in an office like this um, and not being out, out there actually being able to investigate. So yeah, I've got a few more books coming down. So keep an eye out on that. Again, follow me on social media. I'm a millennial, so I'm addicted to <laughs> my phone. So um, I'm always posting. I'm always on there and updates will always be available on social media. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for, for sharing your story. And uh, yes. it's been a delight. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Mm -hmm.